And we're back. How's it going, guys? I'm just doing one on the walk now because, uh, honestly, it's easier than walking for 25 sustained minutes through pretty much uh, open field slash federal rail yard. So, good times. Um, can't really say anymore, but it's a long walk and it's pretty dull. So, I am uh, fairly confident I've come up with the next successful Pirates of the Caribbean movie premise, and I wanted to share that. And the success, uh, the margin for success, and I guess the bar in general is pretty low, because I'm a, as anyone who knows the podcast knows, I'm a fucking diehard fan of these movies. But to me, the trilogy, the trinity, as it were, which I kind of argue is, you could just watch as two movies, like there's Black Pearl, and then there's, I guess, just call it World's End, or, yeah, what? whatever the title of the third one is, because you may as well just watch, like, a five-hour, four-hour super movie of the two of them pasted together, because it's a totally concurrent storyline. It's it's great. It's good storytelling. The other ones I stayed on for, I'm a fan. Um, they're stupid. Not because they're, like, oh, it's stupid, I don't like it. It's just because it's, it's very forced. The first, granted, the first one is based on a ride, <laughs> and from there, you have, uh, I don't know, I guess, liberty to take in any direction you want, but it was so good that the zeitgeist just wanted more to happen, and it did, and it wasn't rushed, it was dispensed well, and then you get to, I think, Stranger Tides was number four, I don't know, I like it, they dip more into, like, the mythology pool, the pirates lore, and everyone knows I'm just gonna, I get off on my world building, so that's good times, but I mean, I remember watching Pirates 1 and, and to 3 <laughs> the combination of the words 2 and 3 uh, and it would be I don't know, I would say enjoyable as a historical type movie as a historical setting to a movie, anyway like the costumes were on point accents were good, you weren't hiring, like, out of, I don't know, like, you're not getting, like, Americans playing the Brits, or you're not getting, like, Italians playing Germans. Uh, anyway, so, we gotta go where the money is in this franchise, because people are expecting a stinker for the next one. You need to just come in there with guns blazing, literally and figuratively, and the way you save it is by making Pirates of the Caribbean oceans apart, which introduces the pirates and, and crew and such, after being cast about on a sea, to a chain of unfamiliar islands, wherein they're contending with lots of, like, small, quickly rowed boats. And, like, you know, we, in the trailer we're going to see the confrontation and who's captaining these and what are they, and it's... Dwayne the Rock Johnson and they're like Maori pirate type people because that's a thing that was prevalent there they were very sea seafaring so you're going to get their mythology shit and that's great I mean like Hobbs and Shaw I think it is is doing it right now you got Moana I mean like I'm a fan it's a cool um, I don't want to feel like we're commodifying is the term maybe I don't know I don't want to be insensitive I just think when you find, like, something that's cool in a culture, it's fucking cool to, like, 
have fun with it. Like, Native American stuff is awesome. Like, I like in Red Dead Redemption getting to, like, shoot people with arrows as in, you know, taking buck my land. Sorry. I have great respect for the First Nations peoples of, well, of, of Canada and specifically Toronto, but obviously um, everywhere, I guess. And then the Aborigines in Australia, kind of a rough, rough time of it. Anyway, yeah, you're going to make a movie that gets most of the original cast back. It's going to get to have all that good mythology stuff, you know, not just like the heart of Daffiti and stuff, but there's lots of, they got their own gods and deities and Calypso-type women, ideally. And uh, you're going to get Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and it's going to be funny, him and Johnny Depp. They, that, those two shticks can mesh. You can see it. Everyone's going to go see it for him. I don't, I don't really see a downside. I think... Uh, All right, these are the perils of recording outside. I think there might be some choppiness, but villain-wise, I'm not an expert in Samoan mythology as much as... Um, I guess, technically, I am an expert on some kinds of mythologies. Um, and an amateur enthusiast of a lot of other kinds, but I'm a little ashamed to admit Samoan kind of escaped my scholarly attention. So uh, I looked them up. I'm not going to lie. I don't even remember the name <laughs> of the character I looked up. But they do have a lot of war deities and kind of death gods, so I'm going to pick one or at least a name that is sort of an homage to that. And actor TBD on that too, but the idea is going to be it was a spirit or just sort of like a disruptive um, entity, I don't know, like a demon, but in like a humanish form. I'll just, you know, it'll be based on what the CGI budget is for, for pirates, like on the scale of Davy Jones to the shark head at Davy Jones' crew, in terms of weirdness. Anyway, um, he's been in prison for like a super long ass time, but like the good runes and spells and green rocks and stuff and like carvings. Anyway, he's been bound there and uh, what happened in the last movie? Kind of unclear, but my takeaway was they smashed the trident of Poseidon. Poseidon's tridents. That's cool. And it broke and or undid all magic and spells and curses and stuff. They say curses, but I think that's a that's a lump together kind of thing. Well, I don't really see you can have one without the other. I don't think that the trident would be able to specifically figure it out. How would you be able to specifically cancel all curses unilaterally? Like what is defined as I don't know. I just think it's a, it's like a magic got a black hole trap card in the Yu-Gi-Oh! Or spell card. I don't remember. The board got wiped. So, all the, like, good spells that were imprisoning demons are, like, off and fucked up. And all the bad spells that were, like, haunting people and causing erectile dysfunctions or whatever hauntings do. Um, so yeah. Magic gone. This guy comes back out. He's thrashing up the place. Um, I'm not sure if he's gonna be played by The Rock or The Rock's gonna be, like, the I don't know, like, anti-hero pirate village leader or something, or ex-village leader that's on the boat, that taken to the boats, something. And, you know, they're going to fight when they meet and then get together as, like, 
as you do in these movies. Um, yeah, I, I don't see how you can avoid that. Now, what else are they going to do? Like, I really want to bring back some as many characters from the first one and to three movies. Um, but, I mean, Cutler Beckett, maybe? But, like, he got pretty incinerated, and, like, a general being brought back by the hatred of his enemies was just the enemy that Javier Bardem was playing. I've kind of dried out the well for ideas, I think. Again, my movie would be a very about authentic costumes and characters. See, they have the, the Maori people well represented with their paintings and authentic tattoos. You'd also have a lot of very period appropriate clothing, attention to detail that you'd, you'd come to expect in a Pirates movie. I know, I'd come to expect it. It's more of a swordplay thing as well. Firstly, a lot of the uh, classic sort of Three Musketeers style fighting, as my grandmother would call it. Like swashbuckling type cutlasses and such. Kind of moved away from that, and it's more cutting people with eels for heads off. We'll see a definite return to more swordplay. Probably brainstorm a few other things to put in there. You've got to have some sort of remarkable ship. Built in for the Scottish, no doubt. You know, Glasgow is one of the world's largest ports and shipbuilding cities. My grandfather would tell me that constantly. Um, yeah. Now looking through the list of Pirates of the Caribbean characters, I wanted to touch on who's going to be in it and who we can expand on and who is dead. So, excuse my... 90s mouse clicking noises but again this channel inadvertently appeals to the ASMR dudes and, and dudettes out there so I mean feel free to you know get whatever enjoyment out of these, these sounds um, so you got obviously Jack is going to be in the movie uh, Barbosa's long my favorite character so he's definitely going to be in the movie Will Turner yes if we can get him will return <laughs> will return. Uh, I think Davy Jones, despite the fact that he was the best character, uh, and he kind of was the Thanos to their, I guess, two movies, but still. But he's, he's satisfyingly been laid to rest, so I think we'll leave it. Uh, in this movie, I want to see Elizabeth Swan do the whole... Um, Evie thing from The Mummy Returns where she's like actually super good at fighting and being a mom and so she's like jumping back into the fray and like getting on a ship with the, the family with multiple weapons and such uh, of course Josh and me Gibbs gonna be there, wouldn't be the movie without him I was actually thinking Commodore Norrington uh, James Norrington would, would come back and that would be great He, if we could have one character that was like a callback from the first because he's like OG from movie one so it would be great if kind of have him in there because in these in these worlds anyone can really come back from the dead and it's not you know it's not hard I mean literally yeah these next uh, Armando Salazar Sparrow so he's, he's dead and he came back so I mean it could really be there for anyone um 
I forget the two of their names. One of them's name is Pintel, but the guy with the wooden eye is the other one. They're definitely going to be there. They, they make the movies. Their shenanigans and their, like, occasional lightheartedness. Uh, I would like to see Captain Teague, uh, Jack's dad, do something other than just be old and, like, look like his face is made of saddle leather. If we're talking about people that get to come back from the dead and have, like, spooky powers, I would give it to Captain Sao Fang as well. Um, as I said, Tia Dalma needs some sort of... We'll have, like, a Maori magical equivalent, so that's fine. Uh, Cutler Beckett as well, if it's not going to be Norrington, would be my harken-back villain, because the rest of them have kind of come... Like, Barbosa is great, he's still in it, he's on the side of good, and so these guys are like, I would like to see them come back in a, an opposing sense. Maybe with that Ian Mercer, like the, the weird assassin guy as well. I'm seeing on this list, this is just a general list of characters, that they have the woman uh, Anna Maria, I guess. And it always makes me laugh. I think that's the like, woman that, unless I'm mistaken, is totally just a one-off character at the end of the first movie that I think maybe they're like, oh, if we have a second, like, we got some build-up, but then there was a second, and they're like, we have no time for this. <laughs> she just disappeared. Uh, it's like the sassy woman that joins the crew. Um, by the way, the sharkhead guy's name is Macus or Macus. I don't know. Leave that up to your debate. Uh, in our story, in uh, Oceans Apart, we're going to have one of the characters, either the, the antagonist or the protagonist, be a pirate lord or an ex-pirate lord, because I want to expand on the entire brotherhood, because it's amazing. But I would argue that it's the nine pirate lords is the number that matters, and it's you could be a lord of wherever. There's not, like, a nine kingdoms to rule over. Like, it's not the Westerosi, like, there's seven kingdoms and each one has a specific monarch it's like there are nine lords but you could have achieved the rank of lord anywhere and then that you know that's your domain so i think that we'll call it i don't know like of the south sea or of like the malaysian sea or the polynesian sea or something they'll be like the pirate lord of there so either deposed or becomes that uh suri sambaji actually seeing it written down, that is how you pronounce it, would probably return if it was up to me, but I don't know how I'm going to fit that in there. As well as Mistress Ching, who, long-time advocate of the defensive capabilities of Shipwreck Cove in the form of, Shipwreck Cove is a fortress! I had to say that, like, kind of toned down because I'm at work, but I wasn't not going to do it because I like that much. Um... Yeah, so, I mean, there's an endless list of Rigetti, Pintle and Rigetti. There you go. <laughs> Came to me in the form of me <laughs> reading it off the list. Um, so, yeah, there's, like, an endless list of characters. I'm not going to sit here and do something you can't just do at home. I guess this is all stuff you could do at home, but... No, I, that's why I thank people for listening. <laughs> uh, it was a bit of a strange one today, guys. I hope it... Hope it made some sense. I just want to see more of these movies, man, and I don't want them to suck. I don't, I'm not a big... I, personally, I think The Rock's a great guy. I think I like a lot of his movies, but I'm just not a big fan of his acting. But it's not about that, because these movies have kind of left that area, and it's... You're, you're putting 
it's sort of Marvel-esque in the MCU where you're putting people into a machine that's going to pump them out a certain way at the other end. It's not like you're putting in too much of something and it's going to change the recipe. The recipe is sort of... It's there. You just got to lean into it and put the right stuff in. But, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. Oceans Apart. Starring all those people. But specifically Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And a lot of Maori tattoos, I guess. And uh, boats. And magic. And carved smooth stone weapons. And... Um, regular pirate shenanigans, I guess. I'll leave it there. This has been uh, probably a good enough waste of your time, and thanks for listening, guys. I'll catch you next time. I didn't even talk about Pokemon. It just totally reminded me. I'm like, that's something very Pokemon-related. Um, okay, real quick, I finished Pokemon Sun and Moon on Netflix, and it gets, like, hella dark out of nowhere, and, like, as again I've said, it never used to be about humans interacting with Pokemon that way. It was Pokemon were very specifically like only bred and mentally capable of fighting other Pokemon. Otherwise half of them like like an electrode or a Voltorb, that's like a fucking hand grenade at the very least. That's gonna kill it uses the move self-destruct and like every time that they're all like caked in ash and they're all like knocked over as a joke, I'm like, those are dead children. So anyway, they go fucking into another dimension and have to battle space beasts or ultra beasts or something and then like I don't know I was worried for them <laughs> so I was just worried there was a point I was in there with my wife I'm like what the fuck am I watching I'm like why don't we turn on an anime that's not like I, mean, I want to see like someone's Charmander beat the shit out of someone's Mr. Mime in an alley I don't want to see like a bunch of people riding dragons with harnesses and they're battling like a crystal light beast and like fuck yeah, so no, it's good. I would just watch the last, like, four episodes as a standalone movie. and Also, the MVPs of that entire fucking series are Team Rocket, because they just crank them up in, in the likability. Like, their buffoonery is always kind of harmless, and in this one, when they're not, like, scheming and trying to steal Pokemon, they're, like, earnestly making a living in a food truck that sells, like, natural honey malasadas, just like this Portuguese fried donut thing. And they got this... <laughs> I don't know why it makes me laugh. It's so stupid. They got this, like, questionable relationship with this bear. There's, like, this, this stupid fucking name. It's called Beware. It's, like, this pink... It's a panda, but the white parts are pink. It's got, like, a raccoon tail. A tanuki tail. And so every fucking attempt at doing anything is th- that they do is thwarted by this thing, like, appearing and then carrying them off to its nest. And it's, like... I don't know, I, my wife's got the opinion we're trying to maintain to see it harmlessly, that it's like a maternal bear thing, and it keeps like bringing them home like they're kids, but it's like you gotta firmly establish that's a woman bear, because it's a man bear. <laughs> just assuming, it's like bringing them there to fuck or something, and it's just really dark. It, like, catches them in a midair, or takes them when they don't want to be taken there. But, no, they're really funny, because they're they maintain this guise that they're villains and this, like, we do things for evil. And it's like, they're so good-oriented, they're often, like, literally helping the... Like, the last four, the super movie episode, everyone had to, like, make K-pop triangle hands and then shoot happy vibes into the extra dimension to fuel up a bright Pokemon. 
True story. Uh, watch the movie, Joe. And it, pretty much, if you don't do it, like, sad things are going to happen. So any fucking villain in the right mind is like, I'm not going to do that. Fuck everybody. And Team Rocket's like, of course we're going to help. Like, what up, monsters? And it's, like, not even the first time they've done that. There's a villain, like, halfway through season one that... Really creepy, actually. It's a really rapey dude that's got these two psychic Pokemon, and this whole thing is like, I can make anyone forget anything. And it's really gross, and, like... <laughs> so Team Rocket's like, yeah, we're bad guys, but we're not that kind of bad guys. You're gross. I mean, we're gonna stop you. Like, we have a line. Just good times. Um, Alright. I'll leave on a less cheese line anyway, but thanks for listening, people. Until later time. Like something they'd say in a communist work camp. Until later time, sleep now. <laughs>